All right, so we'll go ahead and get started. Um, welcome everyone. It's great to have you here. This is our first meeting back in our offices since really COVID has ended. I should say our first full moon meeting because we had our new moon meeting this past uh, two weeks ago back in the office since this is now our first full moon meeting. We have a small group of us here in the office today and um, many more joining us online. So throughout these past two years, as we all know, the, the group or this meditation group that um, we meet here with today has suffered an enforced separation on the physical plane. However, we have remained connected subjectively and by the etheric network, which affirms the unity of all forms and lives and manifestation. We can imagine that the group connection is stronger now than ever before because we have persisted through this challenge, we stand now more united, more experienced, and ready for the work which now lies ahead. In meditation, we work as souls on the plane of mind. And the potential for telepathic interplay on this plane enables us also to be on rapport as souls with the group and to remain committed to the purpose for which these inner groups exist. Physical separation may therefore seem like a non-factor in this work. This, however, is not quite true. Our spiritual work at the full moon extends into the three worlds of human living, and this fact strikes to its very purpose which is to act as a bridge between the world of spiritual realities and humanity. Our group work, our group relationships, therefore must also extend into this realm. Meeting in person on the physical plane for group meditation provides an opportunity to focus the energies and to direct them powerfully as a group. Through all the difficulties that human living entails, the stress, the pressures of work, one's focus and energy tends naturally towards dispersion. When meeting on the physical plane, the very tangible presence of the group field pulls one's entire nature into alignment giving it direction and power. It naturally vivifies the lower bodies and especially the mind, which is where the effects of our work are most potent and consequential. The ability to work with a focused and directed mind is indispensable in this work. Without it, any effort to meditate will not produce results for the will cannot be employed except through the mind. We are reminded that subtle energies need not be subtle in their effects as they work out in the gross material world. Although these effects are not always easily perceived, they are and should be consequential in the 
way that they affect the spiritual and psychological development of human consciousness and civilization. Meeting on the physical plane facilitates the group interaction on a very human level, and it better aligns the group, it better aligns the work with its intended goal. I should say the group intention with its intended goal, the effects that it intends to produce. The group is of course more than simply a collection of individuals working towards a common goal. This group is a subjectively coordinated organism. And for a group to really work with power requires an inner integration. A group rapport must be established. And this connection must be made to extend throughout the group like a sort of nervous system and its members must become sensitive to it. All barriers, barriers to this group interplay must be dissolved and integration be brought about through effort and through striving by all the members of the group. They must strive therefore to work with the energy of love in all their group relationships. The fires of the will to love destroy all barriers to the inflow of the avataric force. Such group work definitely prepares the way for the coming of the world teacher, the Christ. This specific meditation group has met practically uninterrupted for over 90 years. And there are, of course, many other groups who are working just as regularly. We can consider that this group, as well as the larger group of all meditation groups meeting at the full moon, we can consider them as viable units of service, linking between the inner and outer worlds and helping to mediate the plan into existence. They are uniting hierarchy and humanity, each and every one of them, all of them working for the illumination of human thought and consciousness. We can appreciate the great work that the group has done, reflecting on the past, and more importantly, we can imagine what the potential of such a group will be in the future. What great works of magic are possible when the present limitations to the group life have been overcome? When literally all impediments to the free flow of life and love throughout the group have been removed, what great miracles will the group become possible of accomplishing? What light, what extraordinary glory will pour through the group into the awaiting human um, minds and hearts everywhere. The spiritual potential of these meditation groups are greatly underestimated. And I believe that probably none of them have yet met their potential, their full potential. 
Meeting on the physical plane, though, does help to coordinate and integrate these groups on all levels. We therefore encourage all of you who are in the New York area, I'm talking mostly to those who are online, of course, those of us who are here are, are, are in the New York area and are already in attendance. We encourage all of you who are listening in and are in the New York area to make the effort to join us at our offices once again. Those of you who cannot be here in person are of course welcome to join via our Zoom broadcast and your contribution is still very significant and needed. Some of you may also wish to start your own local groups and we ask that you please write to us for more information on this if you are interested. Before we proceed any further, let us take a moment to link up with the worldwide group of all servers in this group and in all groups throughout the world, meditating at the time of the full moon. We will sound together the mantra of group fusion. The cards are located on your chairs. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Aries is the first of the three spiritual festivals, which constitute the higher interlude of the spiritual year. During this higher interlude, spiritual energies are greatly heightened and more easily contacted. It is a time of spiritual rededication for many, but more importantly, it is a time of group work. There are certain energies which are of so high a nature that the average esoteric worker simply cannot contact them. As a group, and at certain propitious times, these energies, however, do become available for our use. The energies, particularly of will and synthesis, are so needed in our world today and they are being made available if we can but reach out as a group and bring them down to meet the need. Many of us have worked and trained for years or even decades to render this type of group service. 
But when we join together as a group, even those who may be totally new to the work can still contribute. The group aura, when it is strong, assimilates and elevates those who are less experienced. The period which spans the whole three spiritual festivals is a time of group invocation for the spiritual restoration and renewal of humanity and our planet. This has an invocative effect on the energies in spiritual lives which await entrance into the manifested world. They require a way of approach. And this way or path is built by humanity. It is humanity's destiny to be the bridge between the world of spiritual reality and all lower kingdoms in nature. But to do this, at least to do it consciously, which is its goal, humanity must first become the path itself. And this task is difficult indeed. Today, there are a growing number who are actively committed to assuming this responsibility on behalf of humanity. They constitute the esoteric heart center of the new group of world servers. To assume such work requires detachment, requires intelligence, moral purity, selfless disposition, and the ability to focus the creative will and to produce results. Such workers must cultivate a loving heart, a developed mind, and become sensitive to the will to goodness in all of its many forms. This will must guide their every action and thought. Not my will, but thine be done, become, becomes the common prayer of every true server. For he or she understands the limitations of the personal will and the practically unlimited potential which comes when one's little will is aligned with the will of God. Such an alignment with that supernal good brings about the expression naturally of harmlessness, true harmlessness. And this leads naturally to a life of service in some field of human endeavor. In this field, each server contributes each in their own way, and thereby light, love, and power descend on earth. Aries, as many of us know, is the sign through which the first ray of will or power reaches our planetary life. The will can be both destructive and, and constructive in its effects. It creates or destroys as needed to see divine intent through to its inevitable consummation. At the Aries festival, we focus on the fiery creative will, which brings life and resurrection. Aries brings the will that 
initiates creative activity. The impulse which began the whole cycle of manifestation, including human incarnation, originates in this sign. It is in many ways also then the sign of manifested experience, at least for the human being. And according to an ancient stanza, Aries, quote, awakens the will to reach the lowest and their control, to know the uttermost and thus to face all experience, end quote. This short stanza highlights how the will to manifest with its origins in the planetary will is linked to the little will of men as that will works out through the very sacred experience of human living in the three worlds. This whole theme of manifestation and experience suggests that there is also a seventh ray quality to this sign. As many of us know, the first and the seventh rays, or the highest and the lowest, are closely allied. You could, you could say they are sort of reflections of, of the highest spirit and the lowest matter, that great archetypal duality. Uranus, which is the seventh ray planet, does rule Aries in its highest aspect. And pondering this relationship between the first and seventh rays and the sign of Aries, one is reminded of an important distinction between purpose and will. Purpose on its own is not uh, manifested, for it's the will that implements the purpose. The will is necessary to implement the purpose. Purpose itself is, you could say, divine intention. It is the unerring and unceasing power of the will that brings all things in time into alignment with the divine intent. And as above, so below, likewise in the creative life of the human being, a clear mentally formulated intention is useless without the creative will to actuate it and to bring it forth. We can imagine that all of our work in meditation, whether it's of a very subtle nature or not, does require this will to bring it forth. Aries is the birthplace of ideas. It's also referred to as the birthplace of ideas. And its fiery, very mental stimulation is a real aid in the creative work of the human being. When considering this work, it is important to remember that human evolution, and that is the, the evolution of consciousness, not the evolution of the biological human form, the evolution of human consciousness is particularly concerned with the sense of sight and vision. Those of us who study the ageless wisdom know that the later stages of the path are conditioned by five great initiations or points of revelation 
whereby the nature and reality of the mind of God is revealed, therefore seen by the one who is initiated. This takes place, of course, via the plane of mind. And this very sort of fiery, the very much electric fire and mental nature of Aries um, is a sign in which we can um, consider the power of this great um, universal planetary process of initiation. Vision and perception, however, what I was getting at, are, do play a very important role in this process of human evolution that leads to these major culminating points. It's the mind that allows us to see. And very much connected to this, to the mind, to the sense of sight, and to our spiritual work is the second ray. This ray has a powerful role to play, of course, in all development, all processes, all processes in all kingdoms, but particularly in the human kingdom. The second ray, as we know, is the ray of relationship in its most archetypal sense. It creates and builds in all directions, above, below, horizontally, vertically, and all around. It is therefore the ray of love wisdom, for it builds to unite, and is therefore uniting through love. And it is the ray of love wisdom because wisdom is love in action. Love and will are very closely related, at least in our system, for we know it's enunciated by all the great religions from time immemorial that the will of God is love. Love is the cause of all creation, and it is the sustaining factor in all living. All divine archetypes within our system can be interpreted as aspects of the great principle as of love. Aries, therefore, although it is a first ray sign, very much dominated by the first ray, it can be seen as an expression of love in its highest sense. Within the human kingdom, we know that love must be implemented through the principle of mind and by an act of will. Therefore, Aries is a very, I think, appropriate sign to consider in relationship to this principle of love. This fire which Aries brings is the love of the greater whole and the ability to do that which is good for the group. It requires skill in action as well as a long-range vision and the ability to not be misled by the immediate perspective. Hence the importance of all mental training on the spiritual path and the great efforts that disciples undertake to free themselves from the insidious and persistent pull of glamour and illusion. And as we all know, this is a very, very, very difficult task with which we are all frequently confronted. We are told that the fire, which must be used by the disciples of the world at this time, 
is the fire of the will to love. The Tibetan writes that to bring about and render effective this fiery stimulation, the disciple must first apply this fire to himself and in the ensuing blaze to see himself as he truly is. This phrase again highlights the importance of right vision and right perception on the spiritual path. Through the development of sight and vision on the mental plane, glamour and illusion are overcome and all impediments to illumination and spiritual contact are then removed. The type of fire that burns up these barriers and brings in right relationship is referred to technically as what we call solar fire. This is the fire of the second aspect of divinity. And this fire is wielded by the soul and eventually imposed upon all aspects of the group or personality life. On the discipleship path, there is only purification by fire. Purification by water cleanses and prepares the form, but the purificatory fire burns up all the dross and dissolves all barriers so that the, so that the disciple may be set free in the fire of the will to love. It is worth asking whether we are prepared and ready to submit ourselves to this fiery ordeal. We can consider what difficulties such a process would entail, as well as envision the glory of the work completed. As human beings and as souls, as mental agents, our responsibility is the right use of the will. When the fires of the will to love dominate, harmlessness becomes the keynote of one's life. Through meditation, through demonstrating power over one's lower nature, and through the right use of the will, one eventually loses all power to harm because there is nothing left within one's being which could act in dissonance with the law of love. This is possible when the little will of man aligned aligns unerringly with the will of God and is yet active and effective in the three worlds of human living and thought at once. And so in Aries, we are reminded of this very fiery goal that lies before us as a group. As we go forth now into our meditation, let us keep this goal in mind. Just going to close the door. the full moon approach to the hierarchy. 
He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way yet loves his brother on the darkened path revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light and lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Letting in the light. Group fusion. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sunat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And we extend the light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known.
higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extra planetary energies streaming into Shambhala, irradiated through hierarchy. See the three planetary centers, Shambhala, <clears throat> hierarchy, and humanity coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation. Reflect on this sea thought. I come forth and from the plane of mind I rule.
precipitation. Visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth. Use the sixfold progression of divine love, Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group and within the, and within the periphery of the great ashram. Sound together the affirmation of love. 
In the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity. Consider how these energies are preparing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center 
which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh. Thank you, everyone. So before we conclude, just a, a few brief announcements. Um, the upcoming, our next meeting will be the New Moon Meditation on Monday, May 2nd, 6 to 7 p.m. You can use this same Zoom link to join. Um, and we'll be also, of course, a physical meeting in our office. The new moon, for those of you who, who don't know, is a little different than our full moons. We come together for a short, shorter presentation, a meditation, and then we have a group discussion on some theme. The upcoming theme for the May 2nd full moon will be the education of children during a time of transition. Our next full moon will be the Waysac Festival, which takes place um, as part of our Arcane School Conference this year, the Waysac Festival is on May 15th at 3.30 p.m. And the Arcane School Conference, for those of you who are interested, um, is May 14 and 15. More information can be found online, lucistrust.org backslash conference. If you're here, we have some flyers as well we can give you. Um, and finally, in closing, I'd just like to say that the exact time of the Aries full moon is actually tomorrow afternoon at 2.55 p.m. EDT. It's a powerful time to link up with the group at the exact moment of the full moon if you can, and so we invite you to do that. Thank you, everyone.